All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape. With host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. Hey, what's good, everybody? And away we go for the Friday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by Botano. It's Nick Alberga and special guest co-host Bruce Boudreau. Bruce, there it is. The only time I'll say it, Bruce. How's it going, Gabby? I'm doing well today. How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, Where does this rank? You're co-hosting a show with me. Where does this rank in your broadcasting career? Oh, right up at the top. You know, anytime I can. It's right just beneath Gord, only because Gord is bigger. Yes. (laughs) And you mean in stature, right? Yeah. No, (laughs) it wasn't really meaning in stature, but you know. I I know, I know. And uh, Gord Stelic, we're referring to uh, my old co-host with with the Leafs coverage on Sportsnet 5.9, the fan. He'll be on with us on Monday. We're going to do a bit of a roundtable. But Gabby, I, I love your enthusiasm for the game. As soon as I asked you, the answer was yes. You love talking Maple Leafs hockey. You love, uh, you love talking hockey in general, right? Unfortunately, that's the only thing I do. And uh, I mean, I've been at it, you know, since I've been five years old and that's how I got the name. And so, uh, uh, or the nickname anyway. So it's, it's just something I love doing. I watch, you know, I watched every game, uh, all the games with my wife and whether it's the Leafs or anybody else. So, I mean, um, talking about it seems to be the next thing. And that's fantastic. And it's great to have you on. And I'm happy you mentioned your wife. I think she deserves a shout out for setting this up for you, right? Well, she is the computer whiz in this family. I can tell you that much. Well, she killed it. She absolutely killed it. And uh, once again, great to have you on. So it's an interactive show throughout the show, Gabby. Uh, we'll field some questions. We're live on YouTube right now. I got the Ask Bujo segment. So we have some least related questions. If you're in the chat right now and you have a question for, for Bruce, uh, lay it out in the chat and uh, I'll filter it. If it's good enough, I will uh, I will pull Bruce coming up later on there. Ask uh, Bujo anything uh, segment. We'll talk about the least Bruins game. We'll talk about obviously last night's game. Mitch Marner was fantastic. But off the top, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on a trade that was consummated last night. Nikita Zadorov going to the Vancouver Canucks. And obviously this drew the ire of Leafs Nation. There was a guy that was connected to the Maple Leafs since he requested a trade, Gabby, about 20 days ago. But what do you think of that foot, fit, excuse me, with Zadorov in, in Vancouver here? Well, I think it's a great fit in Vancouver, um, quite frankly. And I don't think they gave up all that much. I'm a little surprised. I mean, Zadorov has his faults, but he's a big uh, a big-bodied guy that likes to play physical. He hits. He's he's uh, scary when he's out there. 
You know, he's one of those guys that you say, keep your head up when Zadorov's on the ice. So, I mean, I thought it was, it, it was really uh, a good move by Vancouver, but I was shocked at how little they gave up for him. So what happens behind the scenes as like a coach? Because obviously like least fans right away are like, my goodness. Cause that was the perception Gabby on social media last night. It's like, that's all they paid to get Nikita Zadorov. But maybe there's a, this unrealistic expectation or price tag attached to him, you know, cause Bradtree living was the GM of the Calgary flames now with the Maple Leafs. But like, what happens behind the scenes? Because obviously uh, there's got to be a lot of due diligence, a lot of conversations to be had, right? Yeah, I'm sure there are. And I mean, I, I think especially with uh, uh, Zadorov announcing that he wanted to get traded and, and you knew there was more than one team interested in, in this scenario. And uh, the way, it, and listen, I'm guessing like everybody else as a fan, I mean, I don't have any inside information about this, but I, I'm wondering now if um, uh, Calgary didn't want anything back because they wanted to, the best thing they did was uh, get rid of, you know, three and a half million dollars. So maybe that might make them be able to sign the Lindholm or uh, Hannafin, maybe which what they couldn't do before. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, uh, or maybe the offers just weren't there. I mean, I think he would have fit really well on the leaf blue line, but when that doesn't happen and you wonder why, because Brad Trail Living had him, maybe there's something that Brad knows that we don't, or, you know, maybe the price was too high for Toronto there and Toronto would have had to get, had to give up um, somebody that was uh, like playing, making equal money and Calgary didn't want to take anything back that had equal money. So, I mean, even though some teams might've been able to offer better parts, than than um, Vancouver did. Vancouver had the perfect part because they had just gotten rid of a player the day before, and they had that money to spend on uh, on their defenseman. So that's the story here, right? Because I think it came out shortly after the trade. Yeah, the Leafs were involved, and in fact, it sounded like they wanted to get Zadorov and Tanev, and Tanev obviously is still out there. But it was more about retaining salary. And I think that's the biggest part that you brought up there is the fact that Vancouver didn't eat any salary, right? Like it was just money in, money out. And I think that favors any team. And and that holds sort of as value in a trade, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. In today's day and age, when everybody's pretty well at at the cap or cap strung, uh, cap strung I mean, it's, it's very much money in, money out now. With uh, them getting rid of Bouvillier the day before and his $4 million, it was like, now we're at like a kid in a candy store. I can go ahead and spend that $4 million on something that I really need, uh, which is probably in Vancouver's place a defenseman, because they got a lot of young forwards that can do the rule. Then Bouvillier had scored two goals, and both of them were in a 10-1 win against San Jose. So it wasn't like, I mean, he was burning the the burning the ice up with goals. So, um, you know, and then they did a lot of switching of fifth round picks. I mean, getting a fifth round, moving a fifth round. So I thought it was pretty ingenious, quite frankly, of the way that the Vancouver um, management did this trade. And that's why they call him Trader Jim, right? I think everywhere you've seen Jim Rutherford work, I mean, I know he's not the GM anymore, but his teams like to make trades. They like to make moves. And that's what we're seeing right now from the Vancouver Canucks. So let's spin it this way. I mentioned Chris Tenev. Even before that trade was consummated, uh, put your head coaching hat on. Was Chris Tenev or somebody else a better fit? Like, did you like the Zadorov fit? I know you alluded to it a bit. You did. But does Chris Tenev in the long run maybe make more sense for this Maple Leafs team? Well, he's a right-hand shot. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Leafs can use a right-hand shot. I mean, uh, I, I remember last year um, people talking about uh, Calgary with Tanev in the lineup and with Tanev out of the lineup. And I remember talking when he was in Vancouver of they couldn't believe that they had traded him because or let him go. I don't know which one it was yeah. uh, through free agency because they thought he was a great defender in uh, in Vancouver. So... That being said, um, you know, I, I think he's probably a valuable asset for somebody to get. I could see how the Leafs would want both of them because two years ago, the Calgary had the number one uh, defensive team in the league, and these guys were playing regular on that team. 
And that's exactly, I think, Gabby, the type of player this team needs. Like, you know, a Luke Shen type player, right? Like you even see there tonight. I think it's incredible. Tanev jumps in front of a puck and he doesn't miss a game. He's got no face shield on. Like this guy's a throwback, isn't he? He's a throwback. He's a warrior. He's the kind of guys um, that that you win games with. I mean, he's going to come out and he's not going to score 22 goals for you or whatever. But when he's on the ice and he can play 20 plus minutes, then you're a better team for it. I mean, I've always been a fan. You look at his his brother, the plays in Seattle uh, and the value of him. He's hurt a lot because he plays so hard. But I mean, you can see where the value is there. Well, that's a thing like sustainability too, right? Like I, I get it that you want those types of players, but they do get banged up quite a bit, right? Like I, I, I don't even know how different it would be in Toronto, but like, I think you have to keep that in mind moving forward, obviously as a guy of that ilk, like just playing that game. I just don't know if it's sustainable, at least over an 82 game stretch. Right. And that's why they call it a war in the, in the playoffs too. Yeah, I mean, you don't expect those guys to play 82 games, but if you can get 70 out of them and you can get the playoffs out of them, then you know you're getting the right thing. But everybody wants them because everybody wants the Warriors. And come playoff time, that's what you need out there is you need the Radic Gudises and and such to be able to come in that do all of those things that nobody really likes to do. So, I mean, they're, uh, they're very wanted people. Hey, the thing I noticed too, like, you know, this, it's a copycat league, the Vancouver blue line, Gabby, every D or their top four, like six, five and above. You think they took notice of what Vegas did last year? Well, I think they did. And I I know what they had and they didn't have a very good D uh, before. And they knew that was a major stumbling, stumbling uh, block if they were going to get better. Cause you know what, they've got as good a core four as anybody, including the Leafs. When you look at, the numbers of Miller, Pedersen, uh, Besser, uh, and Quinn Hughes right now. And, you know, I'll throw in Demko, even though Wall is playing mm-hmm. just as good as anybody out there. I thought he was the key, the last two overtime wins for them, but uh, still hasn't let in um, an overtime goal or a shootout goal, which is in today's day and age, the Leafs seem to be going to overtime or a shootout almost every night. Now it's going to be very important. Oh, trust me, Gabby. We're going to talk about that at the Leafs Nation 401. If you're watching on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, help us out. I got, I got Bruce Boudreaux as my co-host today. So help us out. Come on uh, at the Leafs Nation 401. Once again, Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25, that's code NATION25 in uppercase for 25% off your first order with DoorDash, offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms apply. Now, Gabby, I know you watched the game last night. I don't know how to feel because on on one token, I'm like Mitch Marner with the fishbowl and everything, has the hattie, scores a shootout winner. But on the other side, I'm like, they blew another lead. They have five regulation wins in 21 games. And I probably know how you're going to answer this because you're a head coach. Well, I mean, <laughs> the head coach and he says a win's a win's a win. But mm-hmm. I mean, um, I'm like every, the, the, the Leaf fan in me likes yeah. the fact that what the record is and likes where they're going, but thinks that we could be doing better. You know, I mean, uh, I think that's, that's the thing. I think, the Leafs have won the last few games and you're going, man, they're winning it by the skin of their teeth. And um, I think everybody wants the perfect five, one win every, every night, but that just doesn't happen all the time. But I mean, they do have the wherewithal. And I will say this, I mean, when, when you can win all the close games, that's what you need to be able to do for playoff hockey. And the Leafs have been coming through with that, even though, let's face it, there's going to be no shootouts in playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot different. But uh, that's my takeaway, again, is the lapses. Like, I, I feel like the big boys were really, really on in the first half of the game. And there was a lapse. There was a lull, like, where their play really, really dropped off significantly. And I I always, you know, use this comparison to, like, Mariano Rivera. And I... Uh, they need that closing ability, Gabby. I know you're a big baseball guy, and who was the best at doing it, closing a ball game? Like, you knew when he was coming in with that cutter, that slider, it was ball game. It was over. The Yankees are going to win. I don't get that feel. It can be like 5-1 Leafs, and I'm like, crap, they might shit their pants in the third period, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, there's no doubt. I think they take their foot off the gas, and uh, 
uh, I, I just think that once they start winning and they're getting the, they, they start going, okay, let's make sure we're all back. Let's make sure we're, we're you know, we change our game plan around to be, to be more defensive hockey. Uh, now last year, I mean, I think there were a five team, five time top five defensive team in the league. Yep. And so, I mean, that works, but the problem is playing prevent defense never prevents anything. And, uh, uh, I think it's got, I don't think their defense with the injuries they have is as good as it was in the past. And, um, so, I mean, it's, it's tough to keep when the puck's in your zone for the last period and a half, then it's, it's hard to, it's hard to keep the, the puck out of the net. I mean, it's, uh, just goes to show like, I mean, uh, in, in between, um, periods, you're always sitting there when you have a lead. I think I said it every time I've ever had a lead going into the third period is keep your foot on the gas. Is it the biggest thing? We don't want to change the way we play. We want to go for that next goal, but let's make sure that we're responsible. In other words, don't turn pucks over at the blue line. Don't get caught three men deep, do those things, but still go to score. Still try to win. I mean, because when you sit back and you only send one man in, then they get the breakout. It's an awful lot easy. And you can see what the Leafs, the Leafs have done that, where they have everybody back in the middle of the ice. And invariably, if they get a good dump in, now the puck's in your zone and they're forechecking. I'm just trying to figure out why this continues to happen, right? Like, you're so right. And, and you know, you've, you said that speech in the second period, I'm sure a billion times, and I'm sure Sheldon's saying the same thing, but it feels at times like it goes in one ear and goes out the other. Like, what do you attribute that to? Like, it, it, it just, it's fascinating to me. It's like one thing to tell somebody to do something. It doesn't mean they're going to do it. Right. And then you watch the way they played in the third period. And it's almost like they're letting the crack and take the play to them. Right. And I felt the second period is the same way too, where it's like, like you have to have sort of that killer instinct. I know it's a buzz phrase, Gabby, used in this market. It just doesn't feel like they have it sometimes. I love the way they start last night. Yeah, and I mean, and, and I'm really happy to see Mitch, who I don't know at all, score three goals because it was yeah. his first time in nine games. And I mean, the next one you get is is Austin scoring some goals again, and because he's when he decides to score, or not when he decides, he always wants to score. But when <laughs> when he scores, it's in bunches, and so you know that's going to happen. Um, but what you'd really like to see if you were a Leaf fan is you'd like to see all four lines going. You'd like to see all 6D going all on the same night. Right now, it looks like you got uh, sometimes the bottom six are going, sometimes the top six are going. Uh, Morgan Riley two nights ago played 30 minutes, and he was like, he was unbelievable. Uh, you like to see that happen on a nightly basis rather than who's going to go tonight. If you're the coach, you're sitting there going, okay, I mean, we're going to go out there and play. Who's going to be the players tonight. Who's not going to be the players. I mean, you'd like to see Max Domi score a goal just to get off the schneid. Maybe mm -hmm. he'd start, you know, uh, scoring Bertuzzi has started a little bit, but I mean, these are the things that you'd like to see on a nightly basis. We've seen a rather demonstrative uh, Sheldon Keefe the last couple outings. Is this a coach feeling the pressure or is this sort of something he's playing? Because how often did you go to that well in your career where you just lit a gasket on the bench and just let, every let everybody know what's up? Well, you don't do it often, but yeah. when you do it, 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 you have to do it with effect. Paul Maurice did it last year in Toronto. Sure. Um, uh, Sheldon does it. Every coach does it as long as you don't make a habit of it. It's like, it, it would be like to me, a parent yelling at their kid every night. And then after a while, if the kid says, do what you want, I'm just, you know, I know it's coming in one ear and out the other. So, I mean, but if you do it and it has that effect because it's like, Whoa, what's he doing? He's usually not coming down on us that hard. You take, you take it into account a lot more. And it, uh, it usually, uh, you know, rings a bell and, and has an effect on you. And I think that's all uh, Sheldon's doing. He's, he's tired of seeing the um, mediocre play sometimes, and he's probably trying to talk them way, talk his, their way into playing better. And then sometimes you go, okay, I can't take it anymore. This is what's going to happen. Let's, you know, and then he goes into a rant. You had some good battles with Ovi back in the day on the bench. I had one. 
And, and I didn't win that. I didn't win that battle. I got fired in a week. So oh, shit. <laughs> but I've had uh, battles. Mitch Marner, I- like watching him last night, Gabby. Is that why coaches or Sheldon specifically, you you don't get concerned when Mitch Marner's like in a rut per se because he was outstanding last night. He's going to be great. Then I mean, yeah. look at uh, Nylander had an unbelievable start, and he's cooled off a little bit. But I mean, he he's going to be great and consistently great. Austin's going to be great. Marner's going to be great, and Matthews are going to be great. Those are the four right there. Now, if they can throw in a Bertuzzi and they can throw in a Matthew Nyes, you know, and then and if Domi starts to uh, to get to where he used to be when he was a twenty-plus goal scorer, now you got seven forwards that can score. Jarn Kroc would be eight, and then mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you've got what we call balance. I mean, it's and that's what I think the Leafs have been striving for for a long time, and the the hardest part with that is is you're you're strapped with money because you've signed those guys to such big tickets you know so yeah they're sort of stuck with that now and uh, i'm happy earlier on gabby you brought up joseph wall because i'm always careful with with young leafs goalies but like watching him last night the the save on eberly with like 30 seconds left in ot like you need those big time stops and I think that's what sets goalies apart from others. Uh, I thought Wall was fantastic again last night, 37 saves. If he doesn't play that game, doesn't play that way, there's no way they win that game. And it's a different story today. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, uh, what I've noticed from him, he's a big time goalie, the tougher the situation. Now, the only the only time it hasn't been like that to me was uh, the last three games in the Florida series. But I mean, other than those those games, man, he would hold the team in and uh, make the big save in the last five minutes that secured that secured the win or secured the ability to get the win. And uh, the Leafs are really good at tying the game up in the in the end if they if they get a six on five. But I, I really believe that this guy is a really good goaltender, and and I mean I think it, he'll be a Leaf for a while. Do you see him in anybody you've coached in your illustrious career? Do I see a little bit in him? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like anybody. Well, he you, reminds uh, me. He reminds me of a young Varlamov, a young Gibson, a young uh, Freddie Anderson. He's all got that great factor. Goalies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all those guys were great goalies. I think this guy, uh, even though you know name name recognition isn't as much as you'd think it would be, I think he's uh, he's that kind of goalie. From what I've watched of him, uh, very rarely have we seen the real soft goals go in. And uh, he's made a lot of big saves to preserve Leaf victories this year. I know you say that about name recognition, but I think it's actually a positive that it sounds like this guy's the potential to be like a legitimate starting goalie in this league. Like, you know how difficult it is to be a goalie in general in this league and be sustainable over like a 15 year period. I'm with you. Like, I see everything that leads me to believe like Joseph Wall's still going to be around in like 10 years from now. And I take that as a win considering they drafted this guy. Yeah, I mean, if you can draft a guy and keep him, I think that's a win-win because it doesn't happen a lot. But that's how you get—that's how your team gets better uh, yeah. all the time—is by good drafts. And uh, this guy, you know, he's sort of slipped under the radar a little bit, and he's come up quietly. And I think that's the 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 best way. I mean, I look at the difference, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong at all. I mean, but uh, Levi and Buffalo came with a lot of hype. And then his his season hasn't gone as well as he'd like. I'd rather go it the other way, come under the radar, and then all of a sudden just keep building and building and building where there's le- no pressure on you at all because everybody is waiting for him to, to fall apart, but it's not happening. And the thing I think I'm sure you would back is like there's nothing wrong with overplaying a guy in the American Hockey League, right? We're seeing it with UPL in Buffalo right now. He finally got the call. He's ready. I think the important thing to stress, too, with Joe Wall is like he's mid-20s as opposed to like a Devin Levi who's a bit younger. But there's never anything wrong with like playing a guy too much. Like there's no such thing in the AHL, right? The American League is a great league. I mean... Man, they can still shoot the puck and they, uh, as hard. I mean, and actually, there's more scoring chances in the American League than there would be in an NHL game because it's a little more hectic. The players are a little younger for the most part, and there's more mistakes made. So, I mean, we were always really happy in, in Washington. We, we had five good goalies. Michael Neuverth uh, mm-hmm. played in the East Coast League uh, the one year. I mean, and if you can – and uh, 
Jonathan Quick played in the East Coast League one year. So, I mean, when you've got an overflow, I really believe playing is much more, much better than sitting. So, I mean, whatever league, there's good leagues, good shooters, and you got to get that game stuff in to get better. That's how you develop people. It's such a volatile position, though, and I'm, I love that I have you on today. Like, as a coach... You just bang your head at how many injuries happening happen in between the pipes where it's like, fuck, I'm going to like my fifth string goalie. Cause Gabby, you know, this least team specifically the last 10 years, we'll say like I was working with Gord that night that David Ayers played like anything is possible. And I can't remember a time the position was as volatile in the game. No, it is because, um, uh, well, you know what? They ha- they're in such better shape and everything else they move mm-hmm. their i can their hips i mean go to in different directions than you ever seen before their their knees are all uh i mean it's it's a tough position to play and people get hurt you really got to worry uh you know i mean about practice time and you need the practice but uh, the you know yeah, they take more shots in practice than they ever do in a game and so you really really got to make sure your timing on these things for the goalies is great and and you have to have a good communication with them through your goalie coach as to whether they need rest or whether they can um they need a lot of shots and i mean we had uh whether it was in Vancouver or Minnesota i mean they would tell me whether, you know, the players or the goalie, especially if he could use a lot of work or let's make it easy on him uh, a little bit today. And that's how you would have your practices. And uh, um, so, I mean, we'd, we'd build our practices around that. Much different era as well. Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year with the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. Sign up to play the Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool to win weekly prizes like the new chicken strips and French toast sticks from Wendy's. And the Wendy's app, head on over to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. That's dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com to play today. So Joseph Wall, as you know, has uh, has made three consecutive starts and they keep winning and winning and winning. Should he make a fourth consecutive start at home against Boston on Saturday? Are they playing today? Tomorrow. Okay, well, he can rest today and play tomorrow. When it, <laughs> when it ain't broke, when it's not broke, don't fix it. I yeah. mean, I don't see anything wrong. Um, it, it, with him, I mean, if you just look at the numbers between him and Samsonov, I mean, they're they're so different. I mean, is Boston a team you're trying to catch, or you want to prove to them that you can beat them in the first round potentially? Then, yeah, I mean, uh, I would I would go with uh, Wall. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You got to show your best, right? And and the only sort of reason why I bring that up, because I totally agree with you. Are you like, I I don't know how you told the line, obviously, with a tandem or what we think is a tandem. And I think obviously Joseph Wall is the upper hand. But the fact that they don't play till next Thursday and that would mean it would be like two full weeks, assuming that it's Samsonov on Thursday between starts. Does that matter at all? Is that conversation even had behind the scenes? I'm not worried about that conversation because it's Thursday. <laughs> I might I might worry about that conversation on Tuesday 
when, I mean, I'm sure they're going to have um, Sunday off and Monday will be light and then say, okay, we're getting ready. And that's when you have your meeting with the goalie coach and uh, Wednesday, you're going to be telling them who starts. And I don't know, they probably play Thursday, Saturday, maybe Sunday of next week. So, I mean, it's always good when the goalies know when they're playing so they can prepare themselves for that game. But if I was, um, uh, if I was the, the coach, I'd be saying, okay, X is going to play Thursday. And I would tell him on Tuesday and then on uh, say to the other guy, I'd say, you're going to play on Saturday. So prepare yourself for that game. And then Sunday we'll make a decision on who's playing. Fair if enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what their schedule is right now. Yeah. So they play, uh, they play tomorrow at home against Boston in Ottawa next Thursday and then home to Nashville on the Saturday. So they got two games next week, plenty of rest time, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of rest. Uh, you know, probably players don't like resting that much because they much rather play than they would practice. It's the difference between playing 20 minutes or or working hard for 50. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a big difference. Got a couple of questions here, Gabby, in the chat at the Leafs Nation 401 here on YouTube. If you're not subscribed about what you thought of 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 Nylander and Marner flipping in the lineup, obviously it brought success last night. To degree the other night against the Panthers. For some reason, the Panthers just have the least number defensively. Their forecheck has given Toronto fits. I thought it did again the other night. But do you like that flip? Like, do you think it's something long term or is it just Sheldon trying to get the guys going again? I mean, it happens. Like, I mean, uh, and I can just go back to my times uh, mm-hmm. uh, when I had, um, uh, let's say I had uh, Backstrom in, um, at center and I had Fedorov. Sometimes, Nikki and Ovi get sick of each other and they need a, they need just a, a break from each other. So I would change and put Fedorov, uh, you know, with, with, with Ovi and then put Nick with Salmon. And I had in this, the same same, and it doesn't happen for a long time, maybe three games, who knows? Uh, but I mean, the same thing in, in uh, Anaheim, when you'd have Getzlaff and Kessler, sometimes you just move the, uh, Perry to one of them and give them a break if they look like they've hit a wall and that things aren't going well and and you'd still have they'd be still be playing with a great center and just giving it another look for a bit. So I, I think that's that's all part of coaching and that's uh, that's what Sheldon does good. So not to pat my back, like uh, even on Monday's show, I, I thought it's a good period. I thought it was a good period to sort of tinker with things. And that's exactly what they did because they had three in a row and four or five on home ice. Does it help when you're on home ice from a matchup standpoint and you want to give, you know, different looks to different players? Um, depends uh, on your really making a strong ma- uh, matchup. I mean, there's there's a lot of games that you sit there and say, well, I think this one line really plays well against that line. But there's sometimes where you go, let's roll them over because we think we're better than this team and let them try to chase us all night. And uh, or if, if you've got a three line team instead of a four line team and the other team plays four lines, it's really hard to match up. But I mean, the biggest thing is you want your best players on the ice the most. So, I mean, uh, I've seen it where, you know, another coach, whether it was me or somebody else, say, OK, listen, I'll just keep the big line off the ice. And let's see what their matchup is. But you're hurting yourself because your best players aren't playing. So it's all uh, this. These are the things that go on behind the scenes that uh, some of the fans don't know. But coaches are really are playing chess a lot of times during the course of the game. Very meticulous. And uh, I don't know about you. I freed up my schedule, Gabby, for Saturday night. I'm looking forward to this game. Six points separating the two teams in the standings. The Boston Bruins. 15, four and three. If I were to tell you that was going to be their record when they lost Bergeron, they lost Krejci, they lost Hall. Like it really has been an impeccable start for them. eh? Um, It really has. I mean, I still, I mean, I look at their lineup all the time and I'm going, I don't think they can sustain it. I think the last, they play a great defensive game. I just don't think they're going to be able to have the offense, the, to do what they did last year. I mean, not only Hall, but it's Orloff, it's uh, uh, Krejci, it's Bergeron. I think they lost eight or nine players from last year's team. And that's a big uh, gap to, to, to fill, especially like I look and they got a great defense, you know, led by McAvoy and Lindholm and the two goalies are outstanding. But I mean, 
sometimes when they put the daily lineups together, I'm going, man, they've got one really good line and the rest just got to play perfect hockey for them to win. And I think that's, they didn't play perfect hockey last week and that's why they lost three, three in a row. Is that team like the gold standard? Like I'd love to get sort of your perspective. You were in the league coaching as early as last year. Like, is that the gold standard when you look around, you see Boston, the way they play at least defensively, the buy-in. Cause I mentioned this the first time these two teams played in early November, the Leafs I feel can learn a lot from Boston and what they bring to the table. I mean, I think they can Boston plays exactly the same way as Vegas. And, uh, um, and, and it's about defense first all the time. And I think um, I don't know how many egos there are on either one of those teams because they, it's all about every time you heard Bergeron talk or Chara talk or Marchand talk, it's all about the team. And uh, so, I mean, I think they've really got that dug into their into their psyches on both of those teams right now. And and they play such a uh, a really good defensive game that they you know out of 10 games they're playing nine of them at the top of their game and you really have to do something to beat them you have to get great goaltending you have to equal their defensive ability and and I mean they've got the number one PK in the league and um it's it's tough to score on them anyway you any way you look at it what would your pre-scale look like if you're the least for tomorrow's game against Boston well I mean I mean I don't know because I haven't done a lot of the computer work with them but i mean i would venture to guess if we play in their in their zone and we don't give up odd man rushes then good things are going to happen i mean there's going to be the intricacies of what do we do when we win a face off in our zone or their zone and what do they do and because everybody knows now um after game 23 uh what uh, how they play their neutral zone, how they play their O zone and, and how, what they do in the D zone. So, they, but I mean, you just got to do that better than them. And I mean, and in every game, no matter how good you are, you're going to get scoring chances. You just got to make sure that you can put yours in and they can't put theirs in. I don't know about you. I like the way they're deploying uh, Ryan Reeves lately. Uh, I felt from the beginning, he wasn't a guy that you put in the lineup every night, but I, I feel in the last couple outings, I've actually noticed him. He's made some plays. He scored last week, uh, you know, against Chicago. Like it's, it's great to see would Boston be an opponent that maybe you'd filter in a Reeves into that lineup. He didn't play last night, obviously. Well, I mean, if you want to keep, um, keep him effective, I mean, you, you can sit him out, but not too many games in a row, but I agree. I agree with you. I think that uh, he's a guy that's spotted in. He's a specialty type player. Um, when he, you know, when you play against Florida, you're sitting there going, okay, he's in a physical guy. We will use him there. You got to use him for his assets. And, uh, um, so, I mean, like, I would think he might play against Ottawa, because they're a physical team. But I mean, uh, um, so if that's the case, do you play him against Boston? I don't know. Are you a better, are you a better defensive team? Is that line better defensively when he's in or out of the lineup? Those are the questions you have to have to ask yourself. Is the physicality part going to be a necessary to win the game? Is he going to be able to, you know, finish checks on McAvoy and, Lindholm and and Carlo or I mean who knows if he'd even be on the ice against those guys but um, this is the questions the coaches ask and then they make the decision on that it will be fascinating though because Milan Lucic isn't playing right now as you know for the Boston Bruins and he's probably the comparable to like a Ryan Reeves so you you start to wonder that way like where the effectiveness would come from but do you think we undervalue like Ryan Reeves' importance to this team not so much on the ice. Like, Gabby, at this point, we know what Ryan Reeves can bring, but more so, like, off the ice. Like, you've been in an NHL room countless times before. Do we undervalue the importance of a guy like Ryan Reeves that locker room? I mean, I don't know. I think everybody knows his value. I mean, he wouldn't still yeah. be in the league if it was just to be a tough guy. True. I mean, he's obviously a very good teammate. And uh, uh, and so, I mean, I think that's as much as um, the reason why he's with the Leafs now and signed for three years than it is his playing ability. I mean, that's uh, uh, to me, that makes sense. But I wouldn't know that. I mean, I've never I've never been on his team um, or him on mine. So you, you just assume that he's still in the league. There's not a lot of 36 year old guys still in the league that uh, um, are not great 
um, contributors in goals and goals and assists. So, I mean, he must be doing something right. Very true. And you must as well, because you come on this show, you co-host for the first time, and I already made you your own segment with its own sponsor as well. This segment is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Charm Diamond Centers has given you a chance to win a $5,000 gift card, become a champion with the propose. How would you propose one knee, the bend or the snap? Uh, take at, or excuse me, tag at Charm Diamonds on Instagram and a poster story with a video or photo of your propose. Be sure to hashtag the propose to be entered for more information. Go to CharmDiamondCenters.com. I'm sure you had a very romantic proposal. Do you remember your proposal? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> what was your most memorable one, Gabby? My proposal? Yeah. Was to my current wife. I mean, and that's the only one I'm going to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, Gabby. So pretty much uh, this is how this segment goes. I fielded some questions on social media. People in the chat have some great questions for you as well, but we'll go first to the ones from social media. Okay, hold on one second. I'm going to need five seconds to get my drink because I'm getting a little dry talking. No problem. No problem. I'll tee this up. So Gabby's going to grab his drink. So you guys, if you continue to have these questions, rip them in here on social media. And so thankful to have Gabby Boudreaux join us today as a co-host. He'll be back on Monday as well. We're going to have Gord Stelic on the show, a mutual friend of ours. And we're just going to do a Leafs roundtable as Gabby grabs his drink. So pretty simple segment. Uh, I got some questions I fielded from social media. We'll start with this one, Gabby. Have you ever been close to being signed in any staff position for the Toronto Maple Leafs? That's from at no clue, brother, on social media. I mean, I don't know if I've ever been close. I mean, I interviewed. Um, with Sheldon, actually, a few years ago for the assistant coaching job. Uh, I didn't think I was going to get it, but uh, and I don't know how close I was to getting it, but um, I didn't get it. So that's the only interview I've ever done with the Leafs as regarding the Leafs in a coaching situation. Fair enough. Good to know. Uh, Matt Gulliver, my buddy Matt Gulliver, played hockey with him growing up, still buddies. What's the first memory that comes to mind when you think about your time as a Maple Leaf? Oh man, um, my first memory is is training camp. Look at when I was with the Marlies, we watched everything the Leafs did because um, we practiced out of the same building all the time. And uh, uh, my memories are meeting the players and being in awe of Daryl and and then and Lanny and uh, Ian and and Boria, all of those guys. And and then my first training camp with them. I was nervous as all get out. Uh, uh, I remember being sent down. I remember my first game up was against the Flyers, and um, I got an assist that game. Actually, I think I scored, but I think Bob Neely took 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 my goal, but that's okay. Um, uh, but I mean, I remember that game. I remember. Uh, I remember probably every game I ever played with the Leafs. But I mean, the growing up. Uh, watching the Leafs, uh, Frank Mahovlich was my favorite player. Then, believe it or not, Jim Dory was my favorite player because I thought he was so tough. Uh, but, I mean, uh, I used to listen to every game on the radio when they went out west. Uh, it was all Leafs all the time. And, I mean, uh, and then I grew up playing uh, from – Midget on midget Marley's juvenile Marley's junior B Marley's they're called the waxer Markham waxers. But yeah. I mean, so, I mean, everything, my, my memories about Leafs are all positive um, for the most part, except for when they sent me down. Fair enough. Uh, I got a wrestling related question for you. Are you happy CM Punk is back in WWE? You knew, uh, you knew it was going to last a couple of minutes before I asked you about wrestling, right? It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I, I'm going to have to see how it works out because uh, in my mind, uh, uh, anybody that bashes the company so much for 10 years and then is back in the company and you just feel it's all about money. And I mean, I know a few players, a few wrestlers, and they're such great people that I hope he's not a guy that comes and disturbs the locker room sort of thing. And yeah. uh, if he's a good guy, like Kevin Owens, I read this morning, if he's a good guy and he comes to work and he's happy at being at work, then he's going to be happy with him. It's a chemistry thing, right? You can relate it to the NHL world. It's a big time chemistry thing. It's a morale thing. So we'll see what happens. And uh, I won't lie. I was watching on Sunday, the or Saturday Survivor Series, and I was beyond stunned. Uh, I think it's just so tremendous to see him back in the WWE as we roll on to some more questions here on the first ever Ask Boudreaux segment on Least Morning Take. From ASKB, what do you think is the root of the problem 
with this team? Is it defense, toughness, coaching system? What's been your read, I guess, in the first 21 games here? Um, with the Leafs? Yeah. I just think consistency. It's almost sure. Sometimes they look like world beaters for 10 minutes that there's nobody can take the puck off of them. And then, then all of a sudden it says, it, sometimes it looks to me like, and I've had this with my teams and uh, watched it that we think we're so good. We can just throw our jerseys out there and everybody's going to uh, be afraid and not play against us. Cause we're going to go out there and win. But I mean, I think, once they and they're winning being inconsistent and i'm sure before the season's over they're going to become consistent and when they pull all of that stuff together then they'll be a really a really scary team to play against when everybody's playing another question uh, what would you do to improve this leafs decor i guess put your gm hat on for that i mean uh i think uh they need a right-handed d uh, right-handed puck mover to go uh, to go alongside Morgan Riley. I mean, Vancouver did it when they went and got Ronick. I think that was a real good move to get him uh, to go with Quinn Hughes. I think the Leafs need something like that, you know. And uh, um, and I don't think it can ever hurt with the offense they've got. I think it would never hurt uh, if they could improve the defensive core a little bit. I mean, and listen, I'm not taking and and they were fifth fifth in the league defensively last year. So I'm not saying they're bad. I think it's just the one, if you're asking me, where can they improve? I'm saying um, that's, that's probably the position for me, even though I would love to see a little bit more balanced scoring on the third and fourth line. I don't like it quite frankly, when I see that Mitch Marner has to play 26 or 27 minutes as a forward in a game, like he did two nights ago. But I mean, um, uh, if you can get a little more balance, I mean, the coaches would love that. If the, if they could get, you know, their number one line scoring two goals a game, then the next line get a goal and the next line get a goal and the fourth line get a goal and not get scored on, I think they would love that. By the way, I'm just laughing with producer and uh, ASKB, ASKB is ask Boudreau anything kind of thing. So I messed it up. We don't know who are asking these questions, but if people in the chat, nevertheless, somebody writes in, how much will the European travel and long breaks affect this team going forward? Do you subscribe to that whole like hangover thing? Because we talked about it over the weekend, those back-to-back losses to Chicago and Pittsburgh after that long trip. I don't know. I've never done it. I've never been to Europe. I can't picture it. Um being uh, a problem uh, if you come to come to the rink to play, uh, but it might be a problem. I don't know. I mean, we've gone from Washington and played in LA and you go the night before and it's a, a solid three hour difference with a five or six hour flight. And I've gone from Florida to Vancouver and played, and then you've gone to Colorado and you play in the, in, in the higher altitude. I mean, and you never use it as an excuse. Uh, and I think if we do use it as, as an excuse, then we're only kidding ourselves because if you, if you want to play and you come to play, it shouldn't, that shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, fair enough. And it just seems to be a conversation we have a lot on this show with travel and obviously Rosie played in the league. So did Carter Hutton, so did Anthony Stewart. We talk about it a lot when the teams come back home from a Western road trip, how they just, the first game back is just always torture and hell. And you would only wonder how that looks obviously going from Sweden back to Toronto and North America. Well, hold on for one second. Yeah. Leafs have the easiest travel outside of any of the New York teams in the league. They should not be bitching one iota. Look at what San Jose and Vancouver and L.A. and Anaheim. There is travel. Edmonton is travel. But the Leafs, they got nothing to bitch about as far as travel goes. I mean, they may have the odd bad trip, but if you can't suck it up and make that trip happen, then you're you're in more trouble than you think. Like, not to date us, but, like, when you played the game or even 20 years ago, like, this wasn't even a conversation, Bruce. Like, you just knew every night that teams were going to show up. It didn't matter if they were in fucking Timbuktu the night before. I I just, again, we talked about this with goaltending earlier on, too. Like, I remember the days that Marty Berdur is playing 65, 70 times a year, and nobody's even batting an eye. Now it's like, God forbid a guy plays 45 games in a season. It's like, what are we doing here? You know, things have changed. A lot of things have changed in the game, you know, I mean, as far as that goes. I mean, it's an ever-changing, evolving game. I mean, uh, um, who would have thought that uh, um, uh, 
what uh, analytics would be such a big part of hockey mm-hmm. right now, five, even five years ago. I remember when George McPhee first introduced it and he says, do you think this would work? And I says, I'd, this was 13 years ago. And I said, well, you know, I think it's got a place for it, but I still don't want to give away what I see on the ice. And uh, I hope what I see on the ice correlates to what this, the numbers say, but I mean, I don't want to do it the other way around. Fair enough. Uh, our friends at Charm Diamonds are bringing the heat, Bruce. You got a commercial to play, so stand uh, with us. But for more information, go to charmdiamondcenters.com. All right, gang, listen up. It's time to learn the pro pose. Coach, bend and snap. Beautiful form. Nice arm extension. Facial expression. I could use some work. All right, let's see it. The pro pose. What's that guy doing? I think that's the bend and snap. That's a whole different deal. Charm, home of the pro pose. Love it. Back here on Lee Swanee Take, Nick Alberga, of course, and uh, Bruce Boudreaux, my special co-host, will be back on Monday as well. Brought to you by Batano, the 2023 EGR winner for both the Best Sportsbook Operator of the Year and Best In-Play Sports Operator Awards. The game starts now. Not sure if you're a gambling man, but I'm looking forward to Saturday's game against the Boston Bruins. And Bruce, for the love of me, I just would love to see a regulation victory. I think you you made a great point earlier on. This is a big game in the standings. It could be like a four-point swing here, right? Yeah, I think the Leafs, too, would like to see a regulation victory, and I think they will be really up for this game. And uh, I think they want to prove to the Bruins and to the rest of the East that they're they're winning by a shootout goal here and a shootout goal there is uh, not an indication of how good they are. I would venture to best bet that the Leafs are going to play their best game in a while, and, and now that Boston is even though it was only San Jose that they beat, they got off that little slide. Mm-hmm. And I think Boston wants to stay where they are in first place. They like it. They got a lot of pride. So it should make a real good battle between these two. I'm going to hold you to that. And then again, you're coming back on Monday. So we're going to review that game. Okay. Sounds good to me. Gabby. Fantastic job today. Have a great weekend. Okay. I will. You too. And we'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend watching hockey. A lot of it on. The man, the myth, the legend, Bruce Boudreaux, my special co-host, will be back on uh, Monday as well. We're going to have Gord Stella come by and do a little roundtable with us as well as we break down the weekend for the Maple Leafs. Uh, Thanks to everybody in the chat at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Producer Aaron, bang up job as per usual. We'll talk on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. <laughs> you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation. You know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know.